Good day, everybody. It is Manchester is Burning for January 21st, 2021. This is our second podcast of the day. This is an instant, not so instant reaction to Manchester United 2, Fulham 1. Yesterday evening in the U.S., last night in the U.K. I tell you, before I get to my 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 points for this match, a match that put Manchester United back at the top of the table after 19 matches halfway through the season. A match where they won, not they didn't win, they extended their winning, not a winning streak. Sorry, I keep saying that. An unbeaten streak on the road in the Premier League to 17 matches, which goes over 365 days. Yes, that does count the shutdown, but point is... When you go undefeated 17 in a row away from home, that's something to be said. Now, briefly, Leicester City was on the top of the table. Briefly, Manchester City was on top of the table for two and a half hours. Manchester United got the job done. And that's really what it comes down to. It was not pretty. It was meant to be pretty. But it wasn't. But they still got the job done, two to one. Now, I want to say that when do we need to stop the talk about moments of brilliance and how that's somehow a pejorative term? That if there's someone on the field that does something great, that somehow that means the team was bad, that somehow they got lucky. And I talk about luck. I talk about luck, then there isn't any. You have to put yourself in an opportune position. And then there are, quote, moments of brilliance, end quote, in sort of a backhanded compliment to the team. Yeah, there are moments where brilliant players do brilliant things. That's what it comes down to. When you've got brilliant players who put themselves in the opportunity to do brilliant things, then guess what? Sometimes brilliant things will happen. And those brilliant things sometimes lead to teams winning. And I guess they use moments of brilliance as a term to describe situations where maybe the team itself is not doing well, that the team's struggling on the pitch for one reason or another, and then somebody out of nowhere does something great. But that's what football is about, though. That's why fans love the game. They love the game because people like Paul Pogba, the most divisive signing ever that I've heard on a United squad. They have He has divided the fan base. There are people out there that love Paul Pogba no matter what. And they love, I think, I'll be honest with y'all, I think they love Paul Pogba more than they love the team. Then there's people who are all Pogba out. They don't like Pogba. They don't like his gig. They don't like his agent. They don't like his stick. They don't like he gets lazy sometimes, doesn't put forth enough effort. He's grumbling. Okay. So we are just Pogba out no matter what. They can't give the man those folk, they can't give the man credit no matter what he do. 
So, yeah, it's what it is. And I think there's a couple of people, not a couple of people, many people out there in the United fan base who are kind of neutral to Pogba. And they're the fans who they, they support the team no matter what, who's on the team. Don't matter who's on the team. They do well, I'll give them the props. They don't do well, I'm going to going to run them. I'm going to run them. All right? So, there's, But Pogba has been so divisive. And unfortunately, he's got an agent who only helps things get more divisive. And I have to say that I was wrong. I was wrong about Pogba. I didn't get the hype about Pogba. I didn't get how good he was. I didn't get that he was a, a brilliant player with brilliant talent. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Part of it was my lack of knowledge. Part of it was my lack of knowing what I was looking for. And then I don't like the whole I, – I, and I still don't, so I'm not wrong about it. I don't like the whole agent thing. Your agent can't be running off of the mouth. Okay, your agent represents you. You, Your agent can't be running off like a lone gunman out there on an island with a gun, with nothing else, with a microphone in front of him and say stupid stuff. You can't do that. That drives me insane. But he represents you. Your agent represents you. So there's a problem with there with Pogba's agent, Mr. Rolliola. Yeah, yeah, come on. Man, I don't like that dude. I'm sorry I don't. Unfortunately, he's got some star players in the stables. But I was wrong about Pogba. Now I realize because right now we are seeing the most consistent form that Paul Pogba has ever put in in a United shirt. And it's ironic because the most stupid thing that Rayola has said about Pogba leaving, that he's unhappy, doesn't want to be there no more, blah, 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 wants to go to Madrid, wants to go to Mars, wants to go to Tunisia. It don't, you know, he ran off of the mouth and all of a sudden, um, Mr. Pogba's played better and more consistently with drive, with focus, with energy, with passion, and the stats actually back it up. And Paul Pogba had a moment of brilliance, as they say. That goal was an XG, I believe, a 002 that means that shot had a 2% chance at success, and it went in. Surgical strike. It was a tomahawk missile. Boom. Goal. Winning goal, by the way. Winning goal in the 65th minute. A moment of brilliance. But that brilliance, that brilliance, was by a player has brilliant talent who put himself in the position with the ball on his feet to make that shot, and he took it. And that elevates the team. There are, mo- there are moments like this that that will elevate a team, just not just for now, but in the future. But the point is, is that when you have brilliant players, they do brilliant things sometimes, not all the time. But Paul Pogba, on both sides, offense and defense, was all over the place. But you know what? The moment that really was important for Paul Pogba was not as much to me the goal that he scored, which was brilliant. 
I keep using the word brain. I gotta come. I gotta use a thesaurus, find another another word to use here for Mister Pogba. But I want to point out there was a moment. I don't remember when that moment was. But this is where Pog Pogba is now. So he had the ball and then he lost the ball. That happens. That happens to everybody. Okay, that happens to everybody in football. But instead of just throwing his hands up in the air, putting his hands on his hips and just grimacing handsomely or whatever he do or anyone does, a lot, I see a lot of players do it, a lot of star players do it um, all the time. You know what he did? He tracked back, chased the dude down, got the ball back. He lost the ball, went after the ball, got the ball back. Now, I know that's what he should do. But the fact that he himself was like, he is not the man who in the past had done stuff like that. He is putting everything out there right now for the badge. And I want to talk about the present day. The present day for Paul Pogba. I want to tell you on defense, he had three tackles, three, one, three, all three were to one tackles. He had 14 pressures on defending players or uh, players he defended, which resulted in successful pressure six times, getting the ball back. Three in the, def- in the attacking third, six in the mid third of the field, and five in the defensive third. His combined tackles and interceptions of passes total was six. That was second best on the team to Ballet seven. Don't tell me he don't do anything on defense. He did. He's a midfielder. You need to do both. But he he put it out there. He had the second most successful pressures. He had the second most tackles plus interceptions combined. He was all over. He... And Fred, in that midfield, did defensive duties, and he did offensive duties as well. He played both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball. Of course, he had that goal. One one shot, one shot on target. Target, he had 95 touches of the ball. 95. Third most on the team. Third most. So he was doing both sides, and he was great on the ball. And he has been incredibly consistent for the first time that I've seen him and since he put on a red shirt again. So, y'all, I want y'all to not think about his contract. Y'all, I do not want you to think about any more about Rayola, his agent. I don't want you to think about the future. The future is pointless. I want you also to forget about the past. Because, y'all, what happens, though, is is that suffering is caused by focusing too much on the future and too much on the past. That's That's part of suffering. If you focus yourself too much on the future, what could happen in the future, and you focus too much on what has already happened that you cannot change, then you suffer 
needlessly. But if you focus on right now, you focus on the moment, you focus on what's happening with Paul Pogba right now. Don't focus on his contract. Don't focus on his agent. Don't focus on whether or not he's going to stay on the team. The team wins the title. It don't matter right now. What matters is he's playing great now. What matters is his talent is showing on the pitch on a regular basis right now. Right now, he is a star. Enjoy the ride. Why not you like Pogba or not, you like his agent or not, you got to enjoy the ride because he's putting in the work and the work is showing results for him and it's showing results for the team. He got the game winning goal, but he also put it on the line, the badge, his body, everything on the line on defense too. He didn't put his hands on his hips and just like, oh, I love the ball again. No, he went after ball, got it back. He said after the match, he was like, it's all about winning. Yes, he's right. It is. That's what it's about. You play to win the game, as Mr. Herman Edwards, great American poet, head coach, said. You play to win the game, period. Don't matter what's going to be in the contract in June. Don't matter you can get transferred to Italy. Don't matter what your agent eating 400,000 meatballs. Don't matter. What matters is right now, y'all. What matters is the present day in football and in life. What matters is the present moment. Enjoy Pogba. Pogba is consistent. Pogba is fighting. Pogba is doing the best he I have seen him ever in a red shirt. Welcome back. Welcome back. So I'm going to get some, some points in this match. This match just United going back on top of the table. And they're going to go into the FA Cup match they got against Liverpool coming up against the pool this coming weekend. It's going to be very interesting what Ali's lineup is going to be. And what's going to be interesting also is Klopp's lineup. Because Klopp don't put much faith at least recently, into the FA Cup competition. He's more interested in league and the Champions League than he is interested in uh, domestic cup competitions. But it's against United, so we'll see what happens. Now, when are we going to start having a conversation about Anthony Martial? I cringe. Every time I see him in the, in the lineup, he's disappeared. I mean, he's just, he's up, he takes up space. He's disappeared. He's a ghost. I mean, a real ghost. I mean, I, I have not seen him. I've seen someone wearing his uniform, running around on the pitch, but what has he contributed? Has he contributed anything on a consistent basis? Has he done what a typical striker, a number nine, which is a shirt number, by the way, typically does on a regular basis. No, he has not. He is a center forward, but he's disappeared this this whole year to me. He's disappeared. I don't know where he is. Now we have Edison Cavani, who, again, I, I may, I'm not wrong yet. We got to make it to the end of the season. But Mr. Cavani, he's right now, he appears to be fit. Right now, he's knocking in goals. Right now, 
he is a the striker. Now, sometimes you may want to say that he might be better coming off the bench. That's fine and dandy. But the, your starter, Mr. Martial, I don't like his attitude on the. I don't like his facial expressions. I don't like his body language. He looks like a petulant child on the pitch. He looks like a petulant teenager on the pitch when things don't go his way. And I understand that's kind of the striker mentality. That's the striker mentality. Things, the shot doesn't work out. Or I don't get the pass or whatever. I understand it, 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 you know, you start grimacing, looking up at the sky. So I'm, I've seen all strikers do this. But see, when you're getting the ball, you're not doing anything with it. And when you get some service, you do nothing with it. And you're not, you're not making the shots. You're not getting the ball in the net. But Mr. Cavani is getting the ball in the net. Right now, he is fit. Right now, he is the top striker on the team. I suggest, I suggest, Cousin Ollie, that you need to go ahead and play him. I suggest he might need to start. Now, I don't know if his legs can handle starting every match. But I think Mr. Cavani, he got the goal. He was in the right place at the right time, but he knew what to do with it based on his experience and his knowledge. He knew what to do with the ball when he got it. Yeah, the, the goalie for, for um, Fulham kind of bounced it to him, but, he, but he's a striker, true striker. He will punish you if your goalie makes a mistake, and that's exactly what happened. He got the rebound off the guy's fist and boom, in the net. That's what a great striker does. Now, I said that Cavani was going to end up on the training table longer than he was going to end up on the pitch. I am not wrong yet, y'all. I am not wrong yet. We got to see the season out. But right now, he is United's striker. Cousin Ali, you need to make the switch. I feel sorry for the man. I feel sorry for Martial. But I don't like his, I don't like his body language. I don't like his facial expressions. I don't like I don't like it. That's the subjective eye. The objective objective numbers point out that he's not doing it on a consistent basis. He's not doing it. He is not producing. When your workers don't produce, you move them on. You sit them down. You say, you know what, son, you. Maybe that's not the right way to say it, but you know what, dude? You need to sit down. You need to sit down. Okay? You need to sit down, all right? And just chill for a moment. Okay? I got someone who's going to be more productive. I'm going to put them out there. That's what Cousin Ali needs to do. That's point number one. Point number two, here's where I, I get struggle sometimes. You know, I can't say I'm this great football expert. I can't say that I've been watching football nonstop for the last 100 years. I can't say that I understand all the time what I'm seeing. But the subjective eye to me yesterday for 63 minutes of watching Manchester United against Fulham was a team to me that was slow, that was sluggish, It was a step behind and sloppy. That's what I saw with the subjective eye. Too many giveaways. Too many interceptions. Too many errant stuff. Too much trying to do something that you couldn't do with the ball. 
too many defensive lapses. And, and what drove me crazy was, was five minutes into the match, the defensive line, Mombasaka makes a mistake. No one's tracking the dude coming right through the middle. And dude gets the ball and gets the score. That XG should have been 100 because that dude should have never been there. How on earth do you allow that happen the five minutes into the match? Who's tracking who? I don't know. Wambasaka was awful for the first half. Now he pulled it together and he produced in the second half. I'll give him credit for that. You produced in the second half. Credit is due. Credit is due. But the team itself, they seem slow, one step behind, one thought behind, tired minds. Maybe they were looking ahead to Liverpool over the weekend. I don't know. But it was concerning. But I looked at the objective numbers. And the number, the objective numbers didn't really point out that they were that bad. I couldn't find, I couldn't pinpoint what objective numbers, what objective data out there that showed that they were having a bad day. So I don't have, I just have the eye test to say that they seem slow to me. They seem sloppy to me. They seem to give the ball over too much. They seem to be a step behind. They seemed out of position and so forth. I don't have the objective numbers, but I, what I did see was a goal that was given up because someone didn't do what they needed to do. And I saw a lot of intercepted passes and a lot of passes that were stupid and so forth. And I saw slowness. Now, I I don't have the numbers in front of me about slowness, but that's what I saw. But the objective numbers didn't show it to me. And I was listening to a bunch of people on fan channels and stuff like that. And they were saying they weren't saying the same thing that I was seeing. So I was wondering, was I seeing the wrong match? I don't think so. I just don't. Now, they pulled it together. The defensive line put it, put it really together when the pressure was on, when they really needed to be to hold up, you know, hold up everything. They did do it. They did do it. Probably getting United fans a whole big darn hot attack, <laughs> you know, fending it off, fending off Fulham. Because Fulham, you look at their past form, it's draw, 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 L, you know. They're not a great team, but, hey, I mean, I think their coach is doing a decent job of the crew. So, I mean, they've been getting draws and draws and draws from, team, from good teams, too. So they've been fighting. They fight. And that's all you can ask, man. You can, All you can ask of a Fulham team is they fight. And they did. They fought. They fought. And they that Manchester United held up. They held. They held that lead. And you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit for that. Now, looking at some advanced numbers, some stats I always seem to want to look at in these silly matches. My last point here, my fun point, looking at uh, looking at XG and all that sort of mess. All right, so remember that goal I was telling you about? They, they let that guy, that, that guy run free, Mr. Lookman on Fulham on the fourth minute on the right foot open play. You know, he just ran right through a defense. It just seemed to be standing there, trees and shrubbery again. That XG on that, that shot was 0.29. You know, I it, to me, it should have been 100, but but in reality, it was really 0.29. They converted it. But that, that was their biggest chance the whole game. The rest of their shots that they got, you know, were all XGs under 0.1. So really, United, really, you take that, you take that Lookman goal out. 
VXG tabulation. And the Fulham's XG for the remainder of the match was 0.46. They didn't get a sniff, really. Their chances they did get, though they seemed dangerous at times, they really didn't get solid chances. They may look like they got solid chances, but they really didn't. Now, there was that one shot way at the end, and it got sh- and bounced off ballet and out of bounds. That could have ended up being an own goal easily uh, and so forth. That would have been uh, you know, bad place, bad time type of situation for Eric, but uh, that ball bounced off him and ended up um, out of bounds instead of in the net. But really, they just they, their opportunities, Fulham's opportunities weren't all that strong. They really don't have a strong offense at all. They did take advantage of of being uh, of everyone having two left feet on defense in the fourth minute, but truly they didn't have a sniff. Now United's xG for the match was one point six eight. They had trouble creating chances. They made the chances count. Now remember, Pogba's goal was xG point zero two. The other goal by Cavani was actually xG point by four. Uh, which 54% chance of conversion on that. But Cavani got it done. That's what strikers do, remember? Now, other big opportunities that were missed. Edison Cavani actually got a save shot, 85th, 65th minute, right before, I think it was right before the Pogba goal, I think. The XG on that show was 0.37, but that was saved by the goalie. And then Anthony Martial in open play. XG of 0.23, not a big opportunity, but he missed it. He missed it. United converted one big opportunity, and they were able with, a, with as they say, quote, a moment of brilliance by Paul Pogba. They got the two goals they needed, and that's all they needed in the end. It was a tough match. You got to give credit for Fulham. It's a tough match. But at the end of the day, the moment is Manchester United sits on top of the table. 40 points in 19 games. Now, FA competition coming up with Liverpool coming up, and after that, Sheffield United. Sheffield United may be the only team in the Premier League that may not be give anyone a match. But you know what? I've seen them improve too. So that leads me to the final, uh, maybe a final point, and that is there are such a things as trap games. You see it in American football all the time. Teams look ahead to their big, big game coming up two weekends from now, the next weekend, and but they they play Minnow University uh, now before they got to play the big boys. The next mat, the next match. The same thing happens in football too. You know, you got Liverpool league game, then you got another league game against Fulham, 18th place. Then you got Liverpool again in the FA Cup. That's a trap game. Trap game. Easy look at look beyond. Now, Ollie said that part of the slowness, and I meant to mention earlier, part of the slowness uh, of what happened, he said that he, his team couldn't get a, a training session in before the match. Uh, they couldn't find a pitch uh, to, to practice on and so forth. Um, that's interesting. Um, that, that's interesting. I have to think about that one for a little bit. But, um, but that, that's a trap game all over it. And Sheffield United is now a trap game too, because Sheffield United they're just at the bottom. They're they've been horrible, but they've been improving. And see, that's what happens with trap games. You see them at the bottom, and you're like, oh, oh, easy. This is gonna be easy match, right? No, we'll tear them up. They tear them up, yeah. 
but really, really is a trap. It's a trap. Akbar, General Akbar, trap. Admar. It's General Ad- Admiral. Yeah, he's Admiral. Admiral. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, it is. Sheffield United is a trap game. That's coming up after Liverpool. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Sheffield United is a trap game for United coming up. So you gotta, y'all gotta think about that. You gotta think about it. All right, we gotta close this, close this bad boy out. Okay, gotta close it out. Any apologies if I offended anyone? I don't think I have, but any my biggest apologies. I don't mean to offend people. I just say things off the top of my head. But hey, that's what happens. Please forgive me if I did offend anyone. I'm gonna, I'm going to move on here with Manchester's burning for today. There'll be no more podcasts today. I do not know when the next one will be, quite honestly, uh, but I, but it will be coming up very soon. Manchester Burning is out for today. Look at the light. Know the light is there. Acknowledge the light. Let the light become part of you. Be the light yourself, too. Be the light yourself, too. And also recognize that the darkness is still out there. It is still out there. No matter what happens, it is still there. You have to acknowledge that it's there, but do not ever let it hug you. If it does, get support, get help, reach out. Take care of yourselves. Manchester Burning is out.